and welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. Week 7 is fast approaching and we're here to preview all the games that take place this weekend. I'm your host Andy and I'm this week joined by a returning guest, someone I actually met for the first time in person just on Saturday night in Leicester Square. With us today is Steve McGuinness. How are you, Steve? I'm absolutely fantastic. Uh, I'm pretending football doesn't exist until uh, until Monday night. Um <laughs> Because this this week's games did not go quite to plan, but yeah, it's good that we finally got me up. It's only taken us three years of podcasting to do that, so yeah, it it was nice. It was nice food, you know. It was going in for a steak on Leicester Square, and yeah, I thought it was really nice just to um yeah to finally meet in person. We started the hairdryer treatment. What was it? Lockdown in twenty twenty, and you know, we're all from off the all different areas of the. You know, of the UK, I mean, Isle of Man, Scotland, Newcastle, Wales. So it's always been hard for us to like meet up and actually in person. And obviously, when we first met, it was in lockdown anyway. But yeah, so thankfully, we got to get the job done and get the meet up before the game on the Sunday. And how, how was your overall experience, you know, on the actual day itself at the game? So honestly, I um, that's, that's the, the second time I've been down. Um, now, I went to Wembley last year, and weirdly, Wembley has kind of it has easier access. It feels more kind of fan friendly on the way to the ground, um. But inside the ground, the experience at Tottenham is far better. It's far better designed. Uh, it's far better kind of stuff there for the fans that that's you know for the fans rather than for the marketing kind of thing. Uh, Wembley feels a bit um corporate, whereas Spurs feels more like a stadium for the fans. Um, and I really, I mean, I enjoyed it. The stadium itself, I could not believe how cold the game was. Um, I think others have said this as well, but once you get a little bit of a breeze inside that stadium, it just it just whips around the place. But the game itself was great. Uh, obviously, we brought four of us came across from the Alaman. Uh, sorry, three came across from the Alaman, and Luke obviously came down from Scotland. Um, we brought a tanks fan with us who hadn't seen his team in forty years of being a fan. He's been an Oilers fan before the Titans, so he had an absolute blast of a day. Loved it. Obviously, would have liked a better result. Um, but, you know, he got to see Derek Henry in person for the first time. He got to see him rip off that massive 60-yard touchdown uh, sideline run. Um, he got to see, you know, Taji Spears slip up to the possibility, the, the hype that I'd been giving him um, while I was talking to him on the way in. And, you know, they could have, with, with a little bit more luck, they might have sealed that comeback. But, yeah, I think Tannehill going down, Willis just not being that guy. They've got problems at quarterback, and I think all the Titans fans know it. Yeah, and I think it's always a worry when you bring someone in like Willis in the draft, where you know the plan is, you know, the narrative is, we'll get him in, he'll learn behind Tannehill for a year or two, then we'll get him in, and then within a year, or even yeah, within a year, they're all drafting someone else. And even if remember last season, he didn't play when Tannehill went down. It was um Josh Dobbs. So I think there's definitely worrying signs about Malik Willis. I mean. Um, I was very lucky. I mean, I'm in one, I'm in a 32 person league through Disciple Sport where basically my two callbacks were Kenny Pickett, who was on a bye week, and Malik Willis. So I was thinking, oh, no, this week's definitely lost. And then he got me about four or five points in the end. So that was, that was not too bad. But, um, but yeah, no, I think we won't, we won't mention them. the league in which you played me and which I beat you. So yeah, we're not, we're not mentioning that one. <laughs> that one was, uh, I, just, I, could, I, could, one I, you... I thought. I swear, at one point, you I was beating you quite convincingly. I could maybe I'm thinking. You, your preview was to beat you over twenty five points, and you actually lost by twenty five points. Jesus, yeah, so that's, that's how much brutal. I swung that one round. 
Um, but it's nice to say about your friend because a friend of the show, Shane Harris, was also seeing his team, the Ravens, for the first time in person. So, yeah, I think it was nice. It was nice to, um, you know, I think obviously Spurs has that um, technology in the stadium where it does keep sound in. And I think you saw last week with the Bills games how loud Bills Matthew was and they were out in force. And it felt a bit more... Neutral this time, for quite as one team heavy as maybe the last two. Oh, no, 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 no. That that was a Titans home game, but that crowd was a Ravens crowd. I mean, we, we were in the far end and we could hear it. It was just mm. getting blasted around. Whenever Tannehill in the first half was trying to sit there and he was trying to, like, you know, bring up a play and the noise was deafening. And mm. um, that was definitely a Ravens home game. Even when the things are going up on the screen, the Titans fans are going, get loud, get loud. And they were just really, really quiet. I don't know whether it's just over the years the Titans have done that to them. They've just beaten the hope out of them. Um, or whether or not it's just the Ravens fans really were there en masse. But from what we saw, um, travelling in, staying in the hotel, walking around London, it was a very Ravens-friendly day. Um, you know, the, the probably was, I'd say, if we'd 61,000 in the stadium, I'd say nearly half of those would have been Ravens fans. Um, I don't know whether it's just people who hate the Titans or whether or not Titans fans are just really quiet. Well, it's interesting because I did that video both for my TikTok and for YouTube on Euro trips where I found a fan of every team. Titans was like third from last, fourth from last, trying to find a fan in that shit. I mean, there's Panthers fans who came on later on, but they were just, a lot of them said no to being filmed. But I just couldn't find a single Titans jersey anywhere. It was, there was a real struggle. I remember Chris Milner friend the show from National Vintage League. They did a video where they, they said that the, the two hardest teams to sell for were the Titans and the Colts. They seem to, and they don't seem to be, you know, but I think it's also down to, you know, when Channel 4 was in its prime in the 80s, you know, you had, then you showed the best game and the best players, then you showed you the 49ers, the Fridge and the Bears, Dan Marino, Dolphins. That's why I think these days you've got a big contingent of UK fans who are Niners fans, Dolphins fans, Bear fans. And I think there's a lot of fan bases of teams who weren't good, who maybe weren't shown on TV back in that day, and also maybe ones that maybe aren't, um, well, Tennessee is, but a lot of places like Cincinnati is not exactly a big tourist destination. And I think the Titans definitely suffered from not being the best team in the 80s and therefore not having much exposure on the UK coverage. And I think that's why there hasn't been a generation to grow up supporting the Titans. Well, I think that's because players... the Titans didn't exist in the 80s. Well, the audience, yeah, the audience, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Either way, we had Warren Moon and that was it. Like Steve McNair yeah. came through, Derek Henry they have they have got a, a good history, but the thing with this was we I did the same as you. We were playing kind of every every game day. What we do is we'll find one of the cap the cafes on the way to the stadium. We will sit and play football shirt bingo. Um, and this year, um, you're right. The Colts is one of the hardest first to find. The Browns was difficult to find this mm. year. In fact, the Browns is difficult to find every year. There really don't seem to be a lot of Browns fans that travel. Um, well, sadly, uh, Washington fans that have um have actually changed from the Browns, changed teams because the whole um. Bill Cosby a quarterback situation. Um, a lot of fans have actually changed teams. Even I know um, who's the guy from around the NFL that's Brown, who was a Browns fan. Is it Mark Sessler, his name? The one he's actually, he's no longer a Browns fan for that reason. So I think a lot of fans I know have actually changed teams because of because of that reason alone. I mean, technically, I would have thought there'd be more Browns fans given that we were watching the Browns. Were we? Know your history, man. What are the Ravens? Oh, yeah, Art Modell, right? Art Modell. Art Modell, yeah. Yeah, no, so Art Modell's, I was thinking Art like Modell's moon, yeah. I was thinking Titans were in Houston. I was thinking, what the hell are you on about? But um, yeah, no, we we yeah. went to see we went to see technically a Browns game for those of us who've been watching the game long enough. 
Well, they're actually one of the. I think they're the only team. They're the only team that I've not seen play. I've seen every team play either in the UK or USA. I think the Browns are the one team left. You know, um, I just can't I'll be honest. Get the same as you, having watched them every single week, they're probably the team you would least want to watch um, behind this season's Colts, who are absolutely awful, and this season's Panthers, who are just painful, painful to watch. Yeah, no, it's, it's not been a good time for them. But we're heading on to our Week 7 um, predictions. Just to recap last week, a very, very successful week for both me and the guests we had. Uh, we had Keg from the Magpie Channel on. He now leads the leaderboard with 13 correct scores from last week. So in terms of his, uh, we all had the same scores, winners apart from three. Um, so he had the Vikings and Bears winning. I had the Seahawks and so he had the, so he had the Vikings and Bengals winning, whereas I had the Bengals and Seahawks winning. Um, other than that, we all got the Lions to beat the Buccaneers. We all got the Cowboys to beat the Chargers. We all got the Ravens to win in London. But he let got- me guess the two you got wrong. You both all went for the Niners to beat the Browns and you all yeah. went for the Eagles to beat the Jets. Yeah, and I went for the yeah. Yeah, Bears and Seahawks and Keg went for the Atlanta Falcons to beat the Commanders. But, um, but yes, yeah, I also went for the Falcons to beat the Commanders. I thought that was a, a shoo-in, but you know, what I, do I know? I found it really hard to predict. I thought they both got terrible quarterbacks. I was really just torn as to who was going to win that game. But I thought just because the Commanders... I don't know, I backed Sam Howell more than Desmond Ridder. Um, so that's probably not a bad decision. No, I mean, Ridder looks terrible. Um, but it does mean that in the leaderboard right now, in our predictions table, Keg does lead the way with 13 from week six. Myself in second with 12 from week six. With David Kaprosh in third with 10 from week four. And Freddie Harper-Davis, block bottom right now, with his eight from week one. So, starting off on Thursday Night Football uh, is a game in New Orleans um, between the New Orleans Saints and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Steve, who wins? Uh, this is a tough one for me because I really want to see the Jags, but obviously uh, Football Jesus got banged up last week. Uh, even though Travis Etienne had a monster of a game, as he just tends to do. Um, but again, the Saints, they've got Kamara back. Kamara playing a slightly different role. He's not always playing the, uh, you know, at the backfield. Um, he's kind of, I think they've, they've recognised that they need, they need to use him slightly differently this year um, in order to get more out of him because obviously they'll have Williams coming back off the IR uh, probably in week eight, week nine. So they, they they don't want to make him that goal line back. They want to make him a bit more outfield. Um, Derek Carr versus a banged up uh, football Jesus. I'm going to go for a Saints home win. Okay, okay. Oh, I've gone for the Jags. I'm optimistic that Lawrence will play, but I think even if not, I think you've got the likes of Travis Etienne, and I think he has proved in the last two weeks that he can be that real elite running back. And I think the way he's playing right now, I think even if Lawrence, whether he plays and whether he just hands the ball off 80, 80% of the time, or whether it is CJ better behind him, um, I can just see it's the, the same, the, sorry, the Jags just making him win. I think it would be a good game, and i got a friend of mine who's actually a Saints fan, She's actually going to watch her team for the first time ever play live. So in in America, that is in, in the Superdome. So um, that'd be good experience for her. And I sadly, for her sake, think she'll see her team lose. But again, the Lawrence injury is massive, and I think that if he doesn't play, I think it gives him more chance. I think if he's fully fit, I give the Jags a win easily. But I think otherwise, it could make it quite an exciting game. And speaking of which, a game I'm going to be going to one of two in the same day as the Ravens host the Lions. Um, now. For me, I'm giving the Lions a win. I'm giving the Lions a win because I think they're just in great form right now. They're putting up loads of points in each game. Um, I think that Jared Goff is playing at level, 
probably his best level since um, the year they made to bowl the Rams. And I think that the Ravens, whilst they got the win against the Titans, it wasn't perfect. And I think that, you know, look at the game when the, the Murphy bunting interception, Derrick Henry scored, and, you know, that could have easily been, you know, if Tano hadn't thrown the ball away or sorry, thrown the interception, I think we could have seen the Titans put more of a comeback on. I just think against a better team like the Lions, the Ravens may come, up step, may come unstuck. And the Lions are just rolling right now, and I'm going to give them the win. Uh, I want to agree with you there, but um, this game for me is going to come down to defense. Uh, the Lions' pass rush is just brilliant, and I love Aiden Hutchinson. Um, but that Ravens D um, and the Lions, you know, having a, a banged up Jamar Gibbs coming back to, to lead the line and no David Montgomery, uh, I just I don't see without a, a solid run game, I don't see the Lions having a lot of options. Um, and I can I like that Ravens secondary. I've always liked that Ravens secondary. Um, it's a home game for them, uh, and just the Ravens are just a solid, solid team. I think the Lions are due a loss at five and one. Um, getting a little bit ahead of themselves. I, I've seen a few lines suggesting that they'll be in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs this year. No, no, you won't, mate. Um, no, this is a, a Ravens win for me. Um, I, I want to be positive. I do love the underdog story with the Lions, but no, this is Ravens win. Sort to put it out here. Of course, the Ravens' biggest threat is in the run game. The Lions do have the best run defense so far this year. Uh, if that does change your your mind at all about who wins this game. No, because having watched the Ravens in person, I'm reminded of the fact that uh, you might well have the best run defence in the league, but Lamar is just terrifying when he takes off. Um, and the Titans have a solid run defence usually, but once once he gets out there, the way he jukes, um, I don't think any current running back in the league jukes the way he does. It's very, very hard to take down. Very powerful runner. Um, reminds me a lot, actually, Barry Sanders back in the day. Uh, obviously, Lions fans won't want that reminding <laughs> um, but you know, I, I think that I think we saw some glimpses of OBJ. Uh, Zay Flowers is really, really picking up. Um, the less said about Rashad Bateman, the better. And obviously, they have Mark Andrews there. Um, it's a solid and experienced and uh, well put together Ravens offense. I don't think this is going to be the high scoring, free scoring game we usually get with the Lions. Um, but I do think the Ravens will grind this one out. Okay, the next two we're going to skim over because frankly. The quarterback matchups aren't exciting. So you got the battle of Brian Hoyer against Tyson Bagnett, and you got the battle of PJ Walker against Gardner Minshew. So we're going to skim over those in Bears against Raiders and Colts against Browns. I'm going to give the wins to the Raiders and the and the Browns. I just think the Browns defense will just tear apart Gardner Minshew, and I just think that Hoyer, I think, is a more settled quarterback in a McDaniel system than Bagnett is. At the Bears, so I'm going to give wins to the Rays and the Bet and the Browns. How about you, Steve? Uh, I'm going to give the Browns definitely. Uh, Bears Raiders, two trash offenses against two very average defenses. Coin toss. You know what? This one's for you, Luke. Bears to win. Okay. Okay. Um, next up, another one that may be a one-sided affair, but maybe not after that game on Sunday Night Football as the Bills travel to New England to take on the 1-5 and five Patriots, which is something I never thought I'd be saying. Um, Bills move to win. Uh, I think even though they struggled, I think they'll look to have a get-right game against the against the Patriots. And I think the Patriots just are terrible. And I think with them playing, you know, as the following Sunday, they could easily be 1-7, and seven, which I don't think has happened in years with the Patriots. So not a good time for them. Steve, who's winning this one for you? Uh, 
do you know, even without Josh Allen, this is still a Bills win. Uh, the the improvement you saw in the Patriots at the weekend, uh, they got a little bit into the run game, but Ramondre Stevenson then got rolled over on. Um, I know he's he's fit, but you know the their whole situation at quarterback, where they're like, you know, uh, are they going to start? Um, oh God, Malik Cunningham, or are they going to start Mac Jones? Are they going to swap swap them in and out the game? That's just a horrible situation to be in. Um, that's not an offense that runs well. Um, they just. Offensively, they're just trash, and you know the Patriots are traditionally built with a great defense, which they don't have this year. So you know, even even if Josh Allen isn't fit, I'm pretty sure his backup can come in and just rule over that defense. Stephon Diggs will have a field day. Um, the backfield's looking good. Um, they have two. They have a great one-two punch in the tight ends in Kincaid and Knox, and I think that should be more than enough to rule over the Patriots. Exactly, they're looking pretty bad right now, which could be potentially the last season of Bill Belichick. Um, next game, we head to New York as the Commanders travel to take on the Giants. Now, this one I found hard to predict because I think the Commanders on one side have, have won three games of chess. They're no, they're no slouches, but the Giants, if I'd not seen that game against Bills, I would put this as a Commanders win. But I was impressed with what I saw from their defence, um, particularly Bobby Okariki uh, in that game for the Giants. Um, so I'm going to give them the win. Um, I think the commanders are just very sort of unpredictable, whereas I think the Giants showed to me they got something um, through Tyra Taylor and that and that offence. And I just think that if you can lose by just about five points to the Bills, and you should have won the game if they'd had better time management, they'd either, either won that game uh, against the Bills. Um, so I'm going to give them the win. I think they're going to be a dual win anyway. They're what, they're one and four, one and five right now. They are dual win. So yeah, I'm going to give the Giants the win on this one. Yeah, divisional games, so most common sense goes out the window. Uh, Giants have got Barkley back. He'll have been eased in this week against the Bills, and he should be back to full strength next week. But um, Tyrod Taylor clearly showing, as we all expected, that he's a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. Um, yeah, but it says a lot about the Giants' defence that they had to bring in like a 35-year-old that they previously released um, from the practice squad just to give them, uh, you know, a little bit of, uh, of a pass rush, they're trash. They're they're Patriots level trash. Um, the confidence is gone, and the fans will be on their backs after the first quarter if they're not winning by at least ten points. The Commanders, um, I like Sam Howell. Um, I don't think he's their long term solution, but I think he'll be fun to watch for this season. He's got some great weapons in Samuel McLaurin. Uh, Brian Robinson's having a great season um, and they still have a reasonable pass rush. I mean, we only beat them by three points. They put 34 points on us and we have a pretty decent defence. The Giants do not have that level of defence. I can see the Commanders winning this by over by at least 10 points. Interesting, interesting. Um, next up is Falcons taking on the Buccaneers and the Cardinals travelling to Seattle's take on the Seahawks. Um for me, I've got wins for the Buccaneers and the Seahawks. Um, I just don't think Ritter is, is that, and I just think that the defence isn't playing well enough to make up for that fact he's not playing well on offence. So I'm going to get the Bucs a win. I think Baker Mayfield has looked more solid. You've got Mike Evans, you've got Godwin. The defence has had some good performances at times. And then the Seahawks, I just think that the Cardinals, whilst they're nowhere near as bad as we thought they were going to be, they're still not a great team. And I think the Seahawks will want to get a win after last week's loss to Bengals. 
So I'm going to give the Seahawks a win. Um, how about you, Steve? Okay. So, so you're going to give the Buccaneers a win. Did you watch that game against Detroit? But that is against the Lions. They're five and one. Yeah, but they were trash. I mean, they were <laughs> like, they they were probably the worst I've seen the Buccaneers in the last five seasons. Um, Baker Baker couldn't throw anything. Um, he's got banged up receivers. He's got no run game. Um. He's got a little bit of pass rush, and really that's about it for the Bucks. The Falcons, um, Ritter is not a good QB. I think we're agreed on this, but I think Arthur Smith knows to you know lean on his run game. Algiers still a great player. Bajan Robinson's obviously the star, the playmaker. Um, Drake London can pick up the odd down here and there when he decides he wants to play. Kyle Pitts is still. The jury's out. He came in as that guy, and now he seems to be just the guy. But honestly, I think there's just too many weapons on that Falcons offense for the Bucks to handle. Um, and I think that Falcons defense will get to Baker a lot more than Baker thinks they will. Interesting. I mean, they were, you know, they were wearing probably the best jersey of the weekend, the Buccaneers, and those retro oh, crucible is beautiful. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Um, but yeah, how are you feeling about Seattle? Um Cardinals. Uh, that's to me. I mean, you mentioned earlier about Josh Dobbs, and honestly, Josh Dobbs has not done a bad job with the Cardinals. Um, he's got a, a rookie wide receiver there who he's made look like a million dollars. Um, but what else did the Cardinals have? Well, they have Zach Ertz, and that's it. Whereas the Seahawks have a, an inform and running over everything. Kenneth Walker, uh, fantasy pros rating him as the third best running back in the league. I'd probably put him top two. Uh, and now that McCaffrey's down, he is top two. Um, you know, you still have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett out there wide. Um, they, this is a Seahawks offense that looks like it can squash uh, anything but the best defenses on the day. Even divisionally against the Niners, they've been competitive. I like the Seahawks team. I actually think the Seahawks team might make the wild card. Um, and on that basis, I'm going to have them taking them over the Cardinals. Hey, so the next two games are the Rams hosting the Steelers and the Broncos hosting the Packers. Yeah, I just... Rams-Steelers. Steelers come off a bye week, so they'll be fresh. Rams coming off, you know, big game this week. Uh, you know, Cooper Cup coming back and showing again that he is the guy. Um, and obviously, they already had Pukunakua and Tutu Atwell there. So, offensively, they're firing all cylinders. The loss of Kyron Williams this week will be big for them. Um, the the run game, uh, they obviously they traded Cam Akers away to the Vikings. So who's going to start at the back for them? You know, it's going to be third choice, fourth choice running backs. Does that you know Steelers secondary then kind of sit back a little deeper, not expecting a run? I don't know. But the Steelers offense, aside from George Pickens, Najee Harris is terrible. Um, there's just there's nothing there's no spark in that offense. I think Frymouth was injured last week. Not actually sure if he's back fit yet. There's nothing in that Steelers offense that the Rams should be worried about. But Kenny Pickett is probably going to be squashed regularly at the hands of Aaron Donald in this game. Rams to win. Joe, it, it's crazy that I think it looks really bad this day. They're still three and two. Um, crazy. I mean, obviously a lot of it goes down to TJ Watt on that defense, but. It's amazing that with all the stuff going on, they're three and two, and they only one win behind the Ravens, top of the AFC North. So, albeit they are also you know one loss away from being bottom of the AFC North, but 
it's a tight division, and I think there's definitely a chance for all four teams to win that. And um, yeah, I think this team is, is, should be encouraging that, and really commended for Mike Tomlin the fact that they are three and two, which is how it's, bad this offense is. Yeah, I mean, Steelers fans are really, really confident in the fact that they have the same winning record as the, the Bengals. But let's, let's be realistic here. Only one of those two is a good team. Um, it's having its problems. It's having its injury issues. Uh, but only one of them is a good team, and it's not the Steelers. <laughs> I think the Steelers are going to... We're going to start to see them fade away as they play better teams this season. Yeah, I do think also if, um, if Watson was healthy and if Nick Chubb hadn't had the injury he had, I do think the Browns might be, you know... Four and four and one team. I think they might have a couple more wins. Uh, I think it's Shane Flem that Nick Chubb has got injured when he did because I think if Nick Chubb was healthy, I think they could have they could actually win in this division by maybe a game or two. But sadly for them, yeah. not the case. Um, yeah, the, the defenses in that division are absolutely superb. The Browns' defense is terrifying. Um, and what's letting them down is the fact that because the offense is poor, the defense has got to be on the field more than it needs to be, and they just tire by the end of the game. I, I sadly think so. Um, so I go for Rams as well. Uh, I think I just think I'll, I like their receiving room, and the Kua is probably the favorite right now for longest Stroud for Rookie of the Year. So um, yeah, big up to him. Um, Packers Broncos. I'm giving the Packers a win. Um, I don't really have that much faith in the Packers right now. I think Love is not playing well, but the Broncos also are playing really badly as well. So it's sort of um, battle of two stroke and quarterbacks, but. I just think there's a little bit of turmoil going on in Broncos. Didn't everything, nothing quite seems to be going right off the field as well as on the field for the Broncos. And that defence is playing really bad. And I can see the Packers exploiting that, um, you know, as we've done this year, as other teams have against Broncos. I just think that the Packers, I, I just back them more than the Broncos right now. But I don't really rate the team right now, to be honest with you. So I'll give the Packers the win. Uh, I'll give the Broncos the win on this. Uh, in terms of the two quarterbacks, Wilson, he's playing in a bad team, but actually his stats show him to be actually right up there within the top 10 quarterbacks this season. Um, Jerry Judy's playing terribly. But I think Greg Dulcich is back from injury this week. Uh, the Broncos are starting to get the run game together. Cortland Sutton's starting to look like uh, he's starting to look like their guy. Um, so with that and with a Packers defense that's banged up and has holes in it, and, you know, this will very much depend on whether or not Aaron Jones gets into the game. If Aaron Jones is fit, and again, he's still questionable for this week, um, the Packers might have, they should have enough to just squeeze this. Um, but I just have a feeling this is where we're looking at the upset of the week. And I think the Broncos are going to take this probably by three points. Interesting, interesting. So we've got quite a few, we've got six so far, different predictions team-wise than each other. Um, Chargers against Chiefs. Pretty simple, isn't it? Chiefs are going to win this. Uh, nope, that's the Chargers win. First off, divisional, divisional. Second, Chiefs are due a loss. Uh, third, Chargers have been charging things up. Um, they need to set something right. Uh, Eckler was back this week, but not back to his best. I think with a full week of practice, um, he'll be solid. Um, they're just the the wide receiving core, really, really good. I love Keenan Allen, having a great season. Uh, yeah, this is the one where everyone will go, yeah, Chiefs should win that, but you never, ever think, assume anything with a divisional match. I'm going to give the Chargers that one. Okay, okay. Um, before we go on to our main discussion point today, the, the game between our two teams, uh, Niners, Monday Night Football, traveling to the Vikings. I think the Niners win this, even if 
McCaffrey's out, even if Debo Samuel and Trip Williams are out. Um, I just think that against the Vikings team that, apart from last week, has struggled on defence a lot this year and they're missing Justin Jefferson on offence. Uh, I'm going to give them the Niners a win. And of course, they're looking, they're going to be eager to win after last week as well. So yeah, I'm going to give the Niners the edge on this one. Yeah, Niners winning that one. Vikings without Jefferson really are a horrible offence. Um, TG Hawkins will have to try and carry them because KG Osborne can't. Um, they haven't got much of a run game. Yeah, Niners for me. Okay, it's a big one. The reason why you've come to this episode, Steve, Eagles take on the Dolphins again. I'll be at my first time at Lincoln Financial Field. Um, very excited for this one. Provided my train is not cancelled, I should be making it with plenty of time to spare so I can take in some of the pre-match atmosphere. Um, yeah, what a game this is. Two 5-1 teams. Um, you know, you got one of the most exciting offices right now in the league in the Dolphins against the team that, made, that won the NFC last year. So it's going to be a very, very exciting game. How are you seeing it, Steve? Uh, Eagles win. Would you like me to, to expand upon that? Because I'm always seeing an Eagles game as Eagles win. Um, ah. What what do I think will be the problem? I think, and I don't want to be overly disrespectful for the Dolphins here, I think this is where we will see Tua's first concussion of the season. Oh, because I do not that. think, I do not think that O-line can stop that Eagles pass rush and they are going to get to him. And they're going to get to him more often than probably any team has this season. I think this is Miami's big test. Um, I obviously worry about our secondary because Tyreek Hill versus anyone except Darius Slay. I think we've got an issue. Jalen Waddle seems to be back fit. Um, but no Dev, no Shane. So A chain. So we're just looking at can Raheem Mostert continue, you know, the way he's been the last couple of games. I don't think Mostert does his two, three touchdowns this game. I think if he gets one, I'll be surprised. The Eagles are in a division which has traditionally a strong running game, so they're designed to shut down the run. So you're going to be throwing it deep. I think we're going to see a few picks. I think we saw, even though we, we lost the Jets, you did see that Eagles secondary, very good at kind of getting the ball out from receivers, punching the ball out, picking the ball. Um, and I think two is going to overextend himself this week, and we're going to see more than his fair share of interceptions. So yeah, Eagles win. It's at the link. It'll be a raucous crowd. Um, yeah, you'll enjoy the game. Yeah, just don't wear your colours, is all I'll say. Yeah. We don't tend to treat opposing fans particularly well. Yeah, I'm definitely not. I don't know what I'm going to do if we score a touchdown. Do I celebrate? I think I have, to, I have to work out the crowd and who I'm with. And if it's a bunch of Dolphins fans near me, then I can probably afford to celebrate. But it's like, you know, I've done a few games. In fact, I've been to Hawthorns away from home at Liverpool. And I've done uh, Brighton away from home. And it's... Um, I think of not celebrating. Um, and I think I probably will have to um, do the same thing again. But I've got also the Eagles winning, um, which pains to say. I just think that, you know, we have the good this year, but let's look at the teams we've played. We played the Giants, the Panthers, the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Patriots. And apart from the Chargers, all the teams have won one or less games each. So, um, and the first good team you come up against in the Bills absolutely squashed you. So, eight point game. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's a big issue. I mean, the Bills, you know, they are our kiddies heel. So I think that is a one game off, you know. But I think the I think the Eagles, I think it's a big three game stretch. We've got the Patriots next and we've got the Chiefs after that, albeit thanks, it's not an arrow ahead, it's in Germany. But for us, I think this is the big test because if we lose this game, the narrative's gonna be back on us that oh, they can't win the big game, they can only beat the bad, the bad teams and things like that. So I think it's a really important game. Uh, I can yeah. see us making it a game. I think if you've got a hill on waddle against our secondary, I think that will give them problems. But I just think, as you said, I think that defense will be just too good. I think our O-line has improved. 
but it's nowhere near of O-line that you want to win a championship. So that's going to be, I think, where the game's won, is that between the trenches sort of things. I think the Eagles are just too good. I think yeah, I've not seen the update on the injury yet for Lane Johnson, but that might be something in your favour if he's not playing. Yeah, I mean the loss of corners is mean. I don't think you look quite as good on offense as you were last year, but I still, I still back and get a job then. But I don't, I don't think it could be. I can see it being a seven to ten point game, but also my record at live Dolphins games is zero and four. So you know, that you think we were as good as last year. Did you not see us just sign Julio Jones? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I saw that there. I'm like, oh God, what are they doing? But, um, well, to be fair, um, Quez Watkins has been injured most of the season, and only this is the case. He's got one touchdown, but again, he's just Hearts doesn't seem to have a connection with him, so he's just not throwing to him. So maybe they've just gone right, let's bring in that kind of big veteran name, give Hearts a little bit more confidence to throw to someone other than uh, AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, uh, and see where we go from there. I mean, sadly for you guys, he is completely washed. I don't know why he's still playing because I, I remember seeing him last year. I believe it was last year I saw him play for the Bucks, where he was he was just terrible. He hardly got involved when he got involved. He did, didn't do anything. He just sadly he's, he's got old now and he's past his best. But yeah, certainly you know with my record going to Dolphins games live, I've seen us lose in London, Cincinnati, LA, and in Miami. So I'm not expecting a win and that run to continue. I think we will. Um, I'll probably go own five after this one, which is not probably not the best thing to be thinking of when you go into the game. But yeah, I'm just hoping that there's no trains delayed because that is going to be a great achievement for myself to stay up in two games in the same day. Uh, you can have, keep an eye out on the on the Eurotrips channel and of course my TikTok Andy Talks NFL to be content on both those games throughout the day and hoping you a banging video. Um, but that is where yeah, we'll end the luck. Say that again. I said best of luck. Uh, oh, I say tra train timetables. That's you're pushing it. It's going to be tight, but oh, honestly, I hope you can do it, mate. That's yeah. an amazing achievement if you can. Yeah, it'll be great. And um, I'm looking forward to finishing, you know, MT Bank as well. Um, and yeah, hopefully it all goes to plan. Um, but before we do go, just going to recap our winners. Um, so we've got today, we've got one, two, three, four, seven different prediction winners. So that is, I've got the Jags. Steve has the Saints. Uh, I've got the Lions beating the Ravens. Steve has the Ravens. I have the Raiders beating the, Bra the Bears. Uh, Steve has the Bears. I've gone for the Giants beat the Commanders. Steve has gone otherwise and picked the Commanders. I've gone for the Bucks. He's gone for the Falcons. I've gone for the Packers beat the, the Broncos, where Steve went for the Broncos. And I went for the Chiefs to win against the Chargers. And Steve went for the Chargers. Whereas otherwise, we both went for wins for the Browns, Bills, Seahawks, Rams, Eagles, and Niners. So... Yeah, that I don't think we're going to see either of us at the top of the scoreboard this week because obviously we only have 13 games to play, to go through. Mm. Uh, but honestly, if I can finish ahead of Freddie, I'll be happy with that. I'm sure I'm sure you will. Um, he's always a personal favourite if you can beat him. It's always, it's, always, it's always a good thing. Yep. Fantastic. But that is where we will end our episode for today, our week seven preview. So thank you, Steve, once again for joining us today. No problem. Thanks for having me on, Andy. No problem at all. And we look forward to bringing you Hopefully, our week seven review, hopefully coming to you from the States. But otherwise, this has been the Across the Pod podcast. I've been your host, Andy Davis. This has been Steve McGuinness. And we will see you guys next time. Bye.